I got the thumbs down. Thank you, Brother Nathan. He gave me thumbs up. I'm just, just kidding. Hallelujah. It's 6.38. So if you guys are following me with your timer, you can time me for 15 minutes, and you know I'm not going to be done yet. <laughs> but I'll try. <laughs> Open up his word to Psalms 137. And while you guys turn in there, I am thoroughly enjoying myself, my wife included. We love it. I know it's not easy going into any place new, and if I could echo and piggyback of what you said, Pastor, I myself also enjoy it. I know how it is being an evangelist. I only can go where people invite me. Amen. Sometimes you are forceful and saying, hey, invite me, and then maybe the doors open. But I just love the fact that when it does open, I take full advantage, not, not of exploiting me, but of what God can do in our life. I stand before you as one who don't deserve to stand before you, but yet God found it fit in his infinite wisdom because he is omniscient. One thing that I love about God is he knows best. And because he knows best and he knows it all, the problem is I don't know it and sometimes I just want to get a clue. And he doesn't give it. And sometimes you just go and, and it's like a wilderness and he's telling me I'm blessed, but I'm in the wilderness. But he's telling me I'm blessed and it's hard to tell because he's omniscient and I have a finite mind. And even though my mind can go as far, and we'll see after church how far it goes. And I'm looking forward to a talking stories with my brother over there, brother Keoki. And if you're wondering who's Keoki, that's how you say George in Hawaiian. And the reason why I know that because we got plenty of Georges in our family. Everybody somewhere, somehow is named Keoki. And my brother is Keoki. So I know George very well. Nobody likes that name because, you know, it's a reminiscent of the jungle. <laughs> yeah, anyways. But uh, it's so good, so good to be here. It's so good meeting each and every one of you, but I know it's even better you meeting me. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Hallelujah. But I love meeting new people. I love watching what the Lord do in your life, and I love to hear about it in the future. Now that I know your name, and now that you know mine, we can be accountable to each other. And definitely when we do get calls or even see things online, um, we know what to pray for. Amen. Because some people are not privy. They just post it all over Facebook. And I like that because now I know what to pray for and know what to tease you about. Anyways. Hallelujah. Already you should be in Psalms 137. And I'll just read from verse 1 to verse 4. And it says this. By the rivers of Babylon that we sat down, yeah, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows. In the midst thereof, for there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. And the title of my message is with verse 4. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, God. For the marvelous things you are doing right now. Not just now because we're in your church. But the work that you have begun from the day we said I do to you come into our life. We thank you Lord for the orchestration of problems and success that plague our life to show us that you are omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. The way you answered them in Maine, to California, to Hawaii, even to Africa. You are God and God alone. And for that, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning, if you guys missed out, this morning was all about finding God in the midst of our problems. Now, this evening's word is in verse 4. 
how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Now, I for one, I love singing. I'm just losing my voice, so we're kind of shortening our singing tonight. But I love singing. Singing helps me get over things. I don't know if you know this, but music is powerful. Hallelujah. You, you, if you're sad and you listen to sad songs, that will make you even sadder. Music has power. And the ploy that it has for our life, it can make you happy, sad, and it can even make you feel good. All I know is when you get married, um, now I'm not going to go there. I want to be invited back anyways. Hallelujah. But music makes the people come together. Come on, brother. Come on, brother Kilke. You know that song. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We save. We save now. But what I love about this, this verse is it's, it's a highlight of what's happening to the people of Israel. Now, if we could just take back, give me five minutes just to explain myself just really quickly. When Saul was king, after Saul was King David, after King David was King Solomon, because Solomon did things that wasn't right, the prophet came and told Solomon, hey, Solomon, because of what you've done, I'm going to strip the kingdoms from you. But because I made a covenant with your dad, I told your father that his seed will always sit on this throne. Therefore, I'll take away ten kingdoms from you, and I'll give them to Jeroboam. But you can have two. Now the kingdoms split. You had the northern kingdoms and the southern kingdoms. And now we fast forward in time. Had hakaka. Ooh, baby, give me, give me the definition of hakaka. Had problems between the two kingdoms. Now there was a time where when it came around to sacrifices, they had to come all the way down from the northern kingdom to the southern kingdom in Jerusalem to sacrifice at the temple. The problem was Jeroboam said, I don't want to go there anymore. So what they did was they erected their own temple in the northern kingdom. They started putting people that's not even supposed to be in the place to do the sacrifices and things. And he just said, whoever wants to do the stuff, raise your hand. And people's like, I want to do it. I want to be the guy in charge. And you wasn't even authorized to do it. And he started putting anybody in. So now we fast forward. Now we have problems between the two kingdoms. And because nobody like, listen, the prophecy came in Isaiah. So they turned me to Isaiah 43. Hallelujah. This is another scripture everybody kind of misuses. And I think it's humorous sometimes. But uh, we, we can go from Isaiah 43 verse 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your king. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh the way in the sea and a path in the mighty waves, which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as tow. What I just read to you was what happened to Pharaoh and his men in the Red Sea. The horse and his rider was thrown in. Going down to verse um, 18. 18 now says, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. And here is one. Everybody says, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. <laughs> know it. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now here's the problem. When God delivers his people, people always remember what he's done. And because he did it a certain way, we always expect him to always show up in that manner of way. But he's saying, hey, listen, you remember how I destroyed the horse and his rider in the sea? Don't remember that anymore. Forget about it. How I delivered you, how I answered you, how I bought you out of bondage. You remember that? You remember the horse? You remember that? Don't remember it anymore, 18 said. 
19, he said, now I'm going to do a new thing. Now you got to ask yourself, what's the new thing? And I love when people say this all the time. And they tell Christians all the time to each other, hey, don't worry. God is going to do a new thing. God is going to do a new thing. But you know what the new thing was? Babylon. Hallelujah. Everybody wants help. But nobody really wants to go into Babylon. Nobody wants to be ruled by a ruler who don't know my God. But here it seems I'm going to do a new thing. You're, shall you not know it? Now the how I bought you out before. Forget about how I did it before. It's going to be new. It's not exciting when something's new. Unless it's a new car. You want a new car? I want a new car. You want a new house? I want a new house. You want a new shirt? <laughs> Definitely. Hallelujah. Don't follow me on Facebook. You see I use the red shirt all the time. Amen. But when it comes to new things, everybody wants a new thing. Except when it comes to these parts of scripture. Because you have no idea what's coming about. The prophet now is the prophecy coming over is you, Babylon coming. Because you know, like listen, because the the same people fighting amongst each other, Babylon coming. Now we fast forward to Psalms 137. Now they're really getting led captive. Now they're saying, sing a song. How can I sing a song in a strange land? How many of you, let's be honest, when you got platinum on it? There's a song that goes with that. Maybe the song might go. <laughs> I don't know how you feel when you get something. That how you feel when something's good. But um, September 5th is coming around. And I've been told by Andrew it's in 35 days. And in 35 days, he is going to sing a song. And the song will go like this. Happy birthday to you. Woo! Happy birthday to you. You happy birthday, brother Andrew. Happy birthday to you. And it does the wonders when you sing that song. It makes you feel happy. Wow, it's another, it's another year that I traveled around the sun. And it's exciting. And when it's not your birthday, it's like, oh, I wish it was my birthday. Songs is huge. Now they say, sing a song. Sing one of those old songs of Zion. But how can I sing when I'm weak? How can I sing when I'm ill? How can I sing when my prayers are not answered? You're asking a hard thing. I can sing when my answers are, when my prayers are answered. There's a song that comes up immediately. You see it in Exodus chapter 15. When they came out of the Red Sea, they had a song. Even Deborah grabbed the tambourine and she was like, -hoo 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 -hoo. we came out the Red Sea and the water and swallow everybody up. I don't know how they sang. But all I know is if you saw what they saw, you'd be singing too. The problem is they had no song before the Red Sea opened. They had murmuring. They had complaining. You brought us out because we had no graves over there in Egypt. So you brought us out here to die. It's amazing when you don't see the outcome. Hard for have a song in your heart. Verse 4, how can we sing a song in a strange land? We fast forward or oh, take a ride back with me to Genesis chapter 22. We'll find a very familiar scripture of Abraham. Abraham loved the Lord. God knew he loved the Lord. Sarah knew he loved the Lord. But something was getting in the way between Abraham and God. And God kind of went look at him and says, ah, I see what it is. Abraham, you love me. Oh, Roger, Dodger, you know I love you. Give me Isaac then. Sometimes when we say we love the Lord, there are things that we're going to have to do to prove it. 
Show me you love me. You say you love me more than anything. Give me your one and only son. See, he never looked at Ishmael like how he looked at Isaac. Now, if you understand anything about the covenant, Ishmael was created out of the covenant. Isaac was created after the covenant. Big difference. Same daddy, but covenant and uncovenant. Now the uncovenant is trying to prove that they come from the seed of Abraham, which is true. But your seed is from the uncovenant side of Abraham. And Isaac came from the covenant side of who he was. Now when we get to Genesis chapter 22, I want you to read with me in verse 5. It said this, after God told him, give me your son, take him to the mountain and offer him as a burnt offering. Now before this time, I want you to understand, when they did burnt offerings, burnt offerings came cutted. They had to cut up the offerings in pieces. Abraham knew exactly how to do it. He was ready to cut his son up for the Lord. He went up and he said this in verse 5. He said, and Abraham said unto his young men, abide ye here with the ass. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again, come to you again. And I love this word that he used. He said, me and the lad will go worship. What a powerful word. That he used in this sentence. Now the outcome of this story is. God gave Abraham. Isaac. He gave him back. The outcome of the story is he gave him back. Now you, you, I ask you a question. Do you think the scenario would have been the same? The outcome would have been the same. If he went up to complain. You think it would have been the same outcome. If Abraham went up to the mountain with his son. To cry to God. But the word here is he went up to worship. How shall we sing a song in a strange land? We know how to celebrate. There's songs of celebration. I remember I was asked one time, and so, sorry, if, if, if there's anything I want you to know about me, I have terrible humor and terrible timing. I'm very facetious. I have, I have humor in the wrong time when I should be laughing. So I was, <laughs> likewise. Oh. So uh, I was asked to sing at a funeral. So me and my friend, we was, we was like, man, what we going to sing? What we going to sing? And he goes, oh, I get one song. I get one song. And he strums his ukulele. And he goes, happy funeral to you. And he started singing them like Louis Armstrong. And we started cracking up. We didn't sing it at the funeral. Just we're practicing out, out, outside of the funeral what songs to sing. So we didn't know what to sing. And all of these songs came up because, again, we're facetious. And uh, songs like that would never happen if that person was my family. But because I don't know you, my song is not as important as if for somebody of my cocoa. Cocoa means blood. That's not what you eat with your cracker. <laughs> Anyways, but if when it's my family, how the songs change. I love you, Lord, greater than anything. But I went to worship. I want you to read this with me before I carry on. It's found in Exodus, the ending of chapter 5, 22 and 23. And then from 6, chapter verses 2 and 3. And I read this. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he had done evil to this people. Neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. Verse 1 in chapter 6. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. 
For with a strong hand shall he let them go. With a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I am appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob. Catch this now, by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. Now you have to understand, one thing about the children of Israel, they knew God's names. In whatever names and capacity that who he was, they understand the characteristics of God. They knew him as Elohim. Who is Elohim? The God who created. They knew him as Adonai. They knew him as Lord. They knew him as right, God Almighty. But what they didn't know God as was I am. That I am. What a wonderful name to know God as. God could answer Abraham. God talked to Isaac. God talked to Jacob. But he said, but now everybody going to know me as Jehovah. You yourself going to know that I am powerful. I'm not just going to talk to Abraham. I'm not just going to show myself to them. But everybody going to know that I am that I am. He became a revealing God. He became personal. After Exodus, you see God become as personal as personal can be. Just as personal as when he was walking with Adam. In the cool of the day, everybody knew who he was. But how shall we sing a song in a strange land? Psalms 22. Love this psalm. Verse 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest me not. And in the night season, and am not silent. And look at verse 3. But thou art holy. O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. I want to let you know. God inhabits praise. No matter where you at. No matter how strange the land is, he inhabits himself in praise. Now, me, I'm a very imaginative person. I, people can tell me a story and I, the movie is playing in my mind. And sometimes I have to do like the preaching in Africa and just... Anyways, that's between us, Pastor. Hallelujah. I pay attention and I listen to conversations. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. But this is how I imagine how God inhabits praises. I come from Hawaii, proud of that. I'm proud that I come from a small town called Haula. And by the way, if I could, I'm correct. If those of you watching, my name is Quentin. Taululomi. Seu Manutafa. Yeah, you got to say something like that. You got you to emphasize the Seu Manutafa. Amen. And that all it translates to in English is handsome. You remember? Yeah. Hallelujah. And I imagine this. Wherever I go, I remember it was in Virginia. It was in the Starbucks line. Sorry, I love Starbucks. And I don't care what anybody says. Nobody's going to change my mind. I'm like Paul. I am persuaded. Anyways, we're in Starbucks line in Virginia. And I hear out of my car what sounds like an ukulele. I love the sound of the ukulele. Especially now that I don't live in Hawaii. More it's precious to me. So when I just heard a little, this is me in my car. I'm out, I'm looking for it, and it just grabs my attention. Where's the ukulele at? And I'm walking around with my car parked in the drive-thru. I'm, I'm pretty sure people are angry, but when they see me get out of the car, they become patient. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just let me find the ukulele just a little bit. And that's me outside just... 
And, and I, I see God in, in that manner. That even though there's chaos around the world, and when we can just find a song, whatever the song is, and you can see him just come, and he woos you. And it's almost like whatever's happening here, then over here, the families in Montana can have a worship in your den, and he just also goes, and he just stands by. Sing, baby. Sing, baby. And the more we sing, he inhabits our praise. Me and my wife, we have a Tahoe outside, if you see that. Um, because, because I, and I'm going to say this very carefully. We, when we get into fights, and the reason why we fight, and I must admit, I found out the reason, Brother Kyoki, is because women ain't perfect. And um, can I get an amen? Men? Come on, men. Be careful, men. Be careful. Hallelujah. Just give me a thumbs up below. Don't let your wife see. Don't let your wife see. Hallelujah. But there are times that when we're on the road, we're traveling, right? We're traveling. And we get into these disputes. And usually because of who I am, I got to get the last word in. And usually the last word ain't yes there. <laughs> Amen. I, when, I, when I write, I'm right. And I'm going to make you feel wrong. I'm right. So, <laughs> because we both big. My towel becomes even smaller when I'm trying to have my own space. Get your arm off the armrest. It's my armrest. So I can be mad in my car. And my wife knows when I'm mad, leave me alone. And nothing's working. Just let me be mad for a little bit. But then my wife can be on her side. And one thing that I truly appreciate about my wife is she's truly a prayer warrior and a worshiper. She really is. So even when I'm mad, I hear her just singing songs on the side of me. And while I'm driving, you know, I, I'm still mad, but I hear her singing. And I feel the Lord come down for her because he inhabits praises. And because she's singing in my car, even though I'm not wanting the presence of God, she's singing in the car. And God come down for her praise. And I become a recipient of God's presence. You know how amazing worship is? You can come in without a song. And I thank God that somebody came in with a song. And when God comes to inhabit his praise. And because we're in the sanctuary of his house. And even though we're not ready to sing a song. We still can have his presence. Because somebody singing a song. How shall we sing a song in a strange land? It's hard to come by for a very immature Christian. But when you've been through some things and you understand who God is, it's hard to hold back a praise to God. Despite of what you have, your praise is not contingent on what you have, but primarily on who God is. Now, the question always comes down to this, a very important question. Who him? Jesus was walking around Caesarea Philippi and he was telling his disciples, hey, the talks out of town, get rumors going around. Who do people say that I am? Jesus, they're saying that you're this guy. They're saying that you're that guy. And I can imagine Jesus just cracking up in the conversation, you know, <laughs> whatever, I'm not none of those guys. And then he breaks it down very personal. And then he says, but who do you say that I am? I know as a church, collectively, we can shout and say, Jesus, you are Lord, but by yourself, who do you say he is?
When problems come your way, who is he? Is he a healer? Is he a provider? I can answer for me because I've tasted and seen. I am persuaded of who he is and what he can do. Nobody can tell me otherwise that he is not. I know who he is. So when the question comes to me, Quentin, who am I? Who am I? And there's a song that can come to mind of who he is. And the song's like, only Jesus can satisfy my soul. And only he can change your heart and make you whole. He'll give you peace you never knew. Love and joy and heaven to only Jesus can satisfy your soul. We went to Hawaii back in May. Just this past May, we had, a, we had a disturbing call. And it's hard when you live away from home and you hear calls about family on the verge of dying. And we was in the middle of camp meeting with Bishop Miller at his camp meeting back in May. And uh, we got the call during camp meeting. Pray now. It's touch and go. They call in the families for make their peace with their mom. And this is my wife's baby cousin, just a few years younger than my wife. And... um. So I went up to the stage and I told Bishop Miller, I said, Bishop Miller, we got to pray. My wife's cousin is on the verge of dying. He went up to the microphone and he made everybody stop. And he said, hey, church, we got to pray now. So the church started praying and I started praying. Oh, God, save her, save her. And the Lord touched me and he said, I'll extend her life. I told my wife, I said, baby, the Lord said he's going to extend her life. We didn't have to get any calls for two days later. We found out. They took her off the machine. She's breathing. Hallelujah. We praise the Lord for that. So we had the opportunity to go home. Went to see her in the hospital. Very pitiful, the things that we see. Because of whatever happened to her, the, the trauma that took place in her body, she is not the same. Her mind is not the same. Her conversation is not the same. And she doesn't even recognize my wife as much. And uh, just like this, arthritis. Anyways, this inside joke. F forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that again. Facetious. Ruling all over again. We go and she's strapped down to the bed. And she's talking Bubbles. Just talking bubbles. And my wife is trying her best to console her cousin. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And she's talking some more bubbles. Yeah, yeah. And I'm on the side listening to this. And I'm getting frustrated with this conversation. And I said, baby, stop talking. Not talk to that. We're not going to talk to that spirit. Sing a song. Sing a song, baby. Stop talking. And then she started for sing. In everything, give him thanks, give him thanks. In the good times, praise his name. In the bad times, do the same. In everything, give the king of kings all the thanks. Sing on, baby. And she started to sing. And I watch her cousin. I see her eyes close. And I see her lips start to mimic 
the words of the song. I see her hands try to come up from the bed, but it's strapped down, and I watch her. And she's singing along. And I'm watching with my spiritual eyes, and I'm saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So as she kept singing, I said, sing, baby. Sing, my baby. Sing. And when she ran over the song, I started to sing a song. And I don't know if you know this about the hospital, but you got to be quiet in the hospital. So we sang quiet for the first five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. When she, she ran out of a song, I started singing a song. And when I ran out of a song, she started singing a song. And we started worshiping God in there for at least 25 minutes. And by the time we hit the 20-minute mark, we forgot we was in church. And if you already know me right now, I'm loud when I get excited. I'm loud when I praise the Lord. And we started singing and shouting and praising God in harmony in the hospital. And I know I was ready to get kicked out. But nobody came in. You know why? Because God was there. And they had to stay out while we praised God. And we sang. And we sang. And I watched God. And when we went in that room, there was something in the room when I went in. And I felt it. There was a discerning that went in. And how many of you know that light and darkness cannot dwell in the same room? So either darkness going to make me get out or I'm going to stay there until you leave. So we started singing and singing and praising the Lord. And God fell in the room. And when he came in the room, I felt it now. And I felt the now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we started for prayer for her cousin. And once the song stopped, it's like, whoosh, she went back talking bubbles again. But if you saw what worship did, if you saw just for the smidgen of what happened. So when we went out of the hospital room, I had to stop my wife. I said, hey, listen, baby, don't let your eyes confirm what our spirit already know. I said, she healed. I said, listen to me. We got to agree and we got to know. It's not what we see. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And by faith, I look in the room. I said, she's healed. She's healed. You agree with me? I agree with you. I said, that's how we're going to walk. We'll not let our eyes confirm something that shouldn't be confirmed. We came back home. A couple weeks later from our meeting, we get a call. She's testifying in church. Hallelujah. She doesn't even know she's an example in the stories we carry. But I've seen how powerful worship is. I'll close with this next few verses in Psalms. I'll go from Psalms 145 to Psalms 150. I just going to go fast, kind. Psalms 145.1, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another. I'm here to tell you from the generation of 1981. God is real. God is a 
omnipotent. And can you from 1958 tell me how good God's been in your generation? From your generation to my generation, we're still proclaiming that he is good. Can somebody else testify and tell me he's good in your generation? And that's what we will do. And that's what worshiping does from one generation to another. Even though I don't feel it, the babies will see us praise God. And from one generation to the next generation, we shall proclaim the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalms 146.1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, while I praise the Lord, I will sing praises unto the, my God while I have any being. What I love about this verse, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters of the Lord, our God, our King. It says, while I have any being. That means when I'm at the peak of my life or the bottom of the totem pole, I shall always have a praise in my mouth. Hallelujah. Quick testimony. Back in February, I thought I was going to die. Literally, I had this hot thing. I you call it a heart attack, I guess. And uh, you guys heard stories of heart attacks? I surely did. So automatically, when something happens to you, there's a self-diagnosis that we run over ourselves, right? We check ourselves with our own mind. And in my self-diagnosis, I diagnose that I'm dying. Hallelujah. And I'm scared out of my mind. I woke up. I couldn't even talk to my wife. I stood on the side of the bed. She woke up and she saw me. I guess she felt me. And she said, baby, what's wrong? Couldn't say nothing immediately. Jesus, she grabs my hand, Jesus. And she went into praying. I went outside, I started walking around in my kitchen. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe if I just walk it off, maybe I can walk it off and maybe I'll feel better. But it was getting worse. She finally came out of the room. We both sat on our couch and I was crying. And I was holding her. She crying, I crying. She asked me how I was, I couldn't talk. And I just knew I'm dead. I'm looking up to heaven and I'm telling God I trust you I'm speaking I said God I trust you then I come down I look at my wife I love you I trust you I love you I said whatever happened you know what's best and I'm building up my last speech to my baby you know I wanted to be right. I wanted to remember me as the man going out dying with words of wisdom and not happy. Hallelujah. I wanted to hear me say, baby, I love you. Carry on. And I was trying to find my words. And after I was saying whatever I was telling her, I look up to heaven and I say, God, I trust you. I didn't want to go to the ER. Not that I'm against doctors, but I wanted to show God that I believe you. I believe you and you can heal me. And then there's a logical side that step in and say, but what if there's a clog that they can just put a stint in? <laughs> I don't want to go to heaven because I, I, I wasn't logical. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I said, baby, take me, take me to the ER. So we drove down to the ER three in the morning. We went in there. I said, baby, did we text anybody? She said, no. I don't know if you guys have this in your life. But I have people in my life that I know with a shadow of a doubt, if I tell you pray for me now, you can push back your plate, you pull over your car, and you can pray for me right now. I get those in my life. I thank God that I have those in my life that understand prayer is important, especially out of the blue, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm asking you to pray for me now. And they started to pray immediately. And within a minute of the text message, I feel a warmth come over my body. And I already knew what that was. 
I started for cry in the ER. And here's the thing. If you're dying in the ER, you have to fill up the logistics before you get to even be seen. I'm going in there with a heart attack and I got to fill out an application. Help me. No worry about the money. Help me right now. But I'm in the ER guest room just waiting until my wife fill out all the paperwork. And before she could get done with the paperwork, the Lord inhaled my body. And in the ER, I started to shout loud. You think I was loud in the hospital? You should have heard me in the, in the, in the hospital. Oh, not a hospital. Yeah, yeah. I started for a scream. The lady said, hey, listen, just stay a little bit. Let us check you. I said, why? The Lord and heal my body. My wife asked, you sure? I said, without a doubt, I know he did. We're walking outside. I'm crying. I'm writing back to all the people to rejoice with me that a miracle just took place, that God found it fit to heal my body. Why? I don't know. Do I deserve it? I don't think so. I was in my house ready to accept whatever's going to happen to my life. I said, God, you know what's best. And you know what he saw what was best? Then he healed my body. Psalms 146.2, when I have any being, will I praise your name? Even when I was going to die on my couch, trust me, me and my wife was giving God glory. Now after he healed my body, why would I withhold praises? Now in the, in the healing side of what God did, why should I remain silent while I have any being? I'll praise the Lord. And one thing that the Lord didn't show me through that fiasco, was I drink too much soda. I love soda. I love Coke Zero. But ever since that moment, by the helping of the Lord, I've never had a soda yet. February to now, tomorrow is August. That's a long time. But you know, if God could deliver me from alcohol, what's soda? So I'm thanking the Lord that I'm drinking a lot of water and a lot of unsweet tea. And have you, have you guys drinking unsweet tea? Yeah. Then you guys know how terrible it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm still learning how to get excited over unsweet tea. But when water gets boring, <laughs> I dabble in some unsweet tea just to change it up. Psalms 147. Praise you the Lord for it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant and praise is calmly. Psalms 148, it goes down and it gives homage to the angels got to praise and they got to praise and started going all the way down and when God started making all of these elements praise his name, then they get down to us, then you guys ought to praise too. But this is what I love in Psalms 149. 149 says it like this, praise you the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of saints. And in verse 4, for the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. Hey, listen, how powerful is praise? 149 is the only time in all the Psalms. 149 is different from all the Psalms because 149 now lets you know that praise also is a weapon. Psalms 49 go forward and it does execution on things. If, if, if praises work and shuts down kingdoms that is against you, that is against you. This praise that shuts down things that is against you. If praise can do that to those opposing kingdoms, 
That's why situations wants to keep you quiet. Psalms 137.4, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land without the ability to praise takes away the successes in our life. Praising is important. Praising is powerful. It's your weapon. It goes forth and it knocks down things that is against you. Things that we don't even see. When you start breaking down and looking for examples, you can find Jehoshaphat going against an army that is bigger than his. It was thousands of thousands. And if you know what thousand times thousand is, you know that's planet. It was something that was bigger than him. He went into the temple. The spirit of the Lord fell and they said, hey, listen, this is the Lord's battle. Don't worry about it. But there was a battle that they still had to do. And that battle was to praise. And when they did praising, he set them up. The ministers of music here, the singers here. And when they started to praise, God wiped out the opposition. The wiping out was so big. That they went down and it took them, it was hard work just taking the Jews from off the body. And I don't know if you know this, when you win the battle, all of that is yours. They had planning for takeoff of a million people. That's the power of praise. Now 150 says it like this, praise you the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the sultry and harp. Praise him with the timbre and dance. Praise him with the string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. To you musicians, it's important your, your part that you play. Hallelujah. You take us to the throne room of God. You important. Just like how I got to pray that God give me a word, you ought to pray the same thing. Lord, this is yours. Lord, help me to play to glorify you that every roll, that every run, you may be glorified. You know, David never even had to sing. All he had to do was play. When you play with anointing, the song doesn't even have to start yet and people can be moved and yokes can be broken because it's the anointing, not the gift. Right now, the church is littered with gift and nobody plays with anointing. Nobody takes this part serious how to play this. This is more than just the instrument, but every boom, boom. God sees the heart of how I play my sticks. God sees the heart of how I play my keys. God sees my heart on how I run the bass, of how I touch this piano. And, and we it's a worship unto our God that you ought to take serious like the preacher takes preaching serious. We have to say, God, this is yours. This is your gift that you gave me. Help me to be anointed that even before we start God move let your presence move it's a powerful thing but don't just rely on that we get down to verse 6 hallelujah let everything that hath breath listen God can be pleased with this because your heart is there but don't let your praise hide behind the because you still have breath. You know that we are stewards and everything he gives us, he already had at first. Your money, his money, amen? 
Your children, his children, amen? Your life, his life, amen? Even the breath ain't yours. You have to be good stewards even of your... <gasps> now he's saying, if you have a... <gasps> can I get some praise? I know you like yelling at your children. I know you like talking to your co-workers. I know you like doing all of those other things with your voices. But when you come into the sanctuary, can you give me just a little bit? I gave you a breath through the whole week. 24 hours in a day. Six days a week. This is one day set apart. On the Sabbath day. And everything that have breath. Is there some left? Or did it use it all during the week? Were you complaining all this time? Or is there something left? We also still have to be good stewards of even the breath that he's given us let everything that have breath praise the Lord now what I love is this but brother Quentin what if I cannot sing I don't sing as good as Abigail them I cannot sing as good as you I cannot sing as good as sister Debbie but praise the Lord he even had that covered turn with me to Psalms 100 hallelujah and all it says there is this. Make a joyful. Hallelujah. You don't even have to sing now. The requirement is, is there a sound that can be uttered out of the bowels of your being that can be a joyful noise to our God? Now me, I'm an uncle. I don't want children. I'm just an uncle. But for you parents, <laughs> you're going to love this part. Watch out, children. I'm going to give you guys a little insight of you guys' parents. You know your parents can discern and interpret every noise you make? For some reason, I don't know how they know a happy noise from a mad noise to a sad noise. Parents just know that. Seth, clean your room. Huh. What did you say? Nothing. I just made a noise. But for some reason, that noise wasn't a joyful one. And the interpretation of the, huh, was something bad. That even now, we got to watch our noise. That even goes for the same way for the adults. Be careful with the noise. Hey, we're going to set up church this day. <sighs> Be careful with the noise. God even interpret these things. Hallelujah. You know, a, a part in Psalm even says it like this, that a foolish man can seem wise because he know when for hold his peace. Sometimes the best thing for do is just hamau. What is hamau, Brother Quentin? Shut up. If your noise cannot be joyful, shut up. Seth, clean your room. Clean your room. Just make the noise in your head. Hallelujah. And God is the interpreter even of noise. He inhabits the praises of his people. Church, if I could encourage you in any way... Don't lose your song. Find a song 
that whatever situation there you find yourself in, no matter how detrimental it may be, find a song that it goes down deep, that you can bless the Lord, that he can come and inhabit your praise and woo you with his spirit. You have to maintain a song. We're living in the year of 2022, and there's a lot of things that try to make you quiet. Don't lose your song. Don't lose your ability to give God praise. He's been too good. He's been too good. And he always going to be good. My last scripture in my closing found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Philippians is one of my favorite books. I have 65 other books that I like. Hallelujah. But this is just one of them. And Philippians 4, 4 says it like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Say always. Hallelujah. People always say always, but I read from the King James Version, and if you don't believe me, open it up. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. You know, there's a big difference with always and always. And I'll just give you a little because I love to look up words. Just in the simplest definition of the word always, it means on occasion, occasionally. So imagine if you used to implement the word always in this scripture. Rejoice in the Lord always occasionally that means you can find and determine in what situations God has been good to you to rejoice in but it doesn't say always it says always you know when we go down to where where your house is at you got to go around the roundabout and there's this triangle red signs it's yield signs yield signs ain't stop signs but you have to occasionally stop if a car is coming but if there's no car, go ahead and keep staying at 50. The only time you have to slow down is on occasion. But stop signs, even if nobody's there, you still got to stop. Can be clear as day, but you still got to stop. And when you can't stop at the stop sign, you're wrong. Because that sign tells you, stop! <laughs> be careful, be careful. Hallelujah. So now this word and the understanding is when we rejoice in the Lord, always means at every given second. When you have money, rejoice. When you broke, rejoice. When you're healthy, rejoice. When you're sick, rejoice. When they live, when they die. The hardest thing about this scripture is that there is no situation that allows you not to rejoice in the Lord. Now there's situations that plague our life that maybe we don't have to rejoice in that. But God, he always good. He's not just occasionally good. He always good. So now the scripture is rejoice in the Lord always. And if that is not enough, it says, and again I say God is good. Church, this is the word. <laughs> and it's an honor to stand before you. I've seen it for myself. The power of worship. Time and time and time again. Trust me, I'm plagued with situations that challenges me to sing praises to God. 
But when I can muster it up within my spirit and still sing a song to our God, he moves in the midst of our situation and he stands in the presence of who I am and he lets me know, big boy, it's going to be all right. Big boy, I got your back. Because one thing that I have come to know, that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Sister Hannah, can you come? My baby, can you come? I don't know if I'm going to have any vocals to sing this song. We're going to try it. It's an old song. It's your, your era. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the key of B. You want me to give you the numbers when I'm singing? Yeah. When you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams and the hope you have been crushed by Satan's manifested schemes and you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fame don't let this you're standing in seem to disappear Praise the Lord He can work the though so praise Him Praise the Lord For our God inhabits praise Praise the Lord For the chains that seem to bind you Serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you pray. Praise Him. Now Satan is a liar and he wants to make us think that we are paupers when he knows himself. We're children of the King. So lift up your mighty shield of faith, for the battle must be won. Since Jesus Christ is risen, so the work's already done. Praise the Lord. He can work through the house to praise Him. Praise the Lord for our God. Inhabits praise, praise the Lord for the chains that seem to bind you. They serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you pray. Praise Him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Church, don't lose your soul. you serve only yes, to Lord. remind you they drop powerless behind you when you pray, you pray. Last time. sing with us praise church him. Say, praise the lord praise the lord he can work through the house so praise him praise the lord don't lose your praise don't lose your Our praise God inhabits praise yes lord praise the lord 
For the chains that yes, seem God. to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you pray. Praise Him. Hallelujah. 